0: Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Okay, so what we're gonna be talking about tonight is fivefold ministry. And I do want to ask you, let's if you'll just save your questions to the end. There will be some time at the end for questions and answers. Like, I'm the kind of person that I can go downstairs. It takes me three times sometimes to go downstairs to find my phone because I'll go down and then I'll go do something and I'll go back up and I'm like I forgot and then i'll go back down look for the phone move the laundry to the dryer go back up and i forgot i'm easily distracted so if you'll just save your questions to the end then i can stay on track and not like just i mean y'all know sometimes even when i'm together. I'll say, now where was I going with that? So it's just fun. So um, just write them down. There'll be some time at the end. I do want to acknowledge the materials that I've used to pull together this class. Um, The first book is called Primal Fire, Reigniting the Church with the Five Gifts of Jesus by Neil Cole. And then um, one was a Kindle book. It's called The Permanent Revolution. And this is a book that really talks about the foundation of the church is the apostles and the prophets. So, bringing back, restoring the apostles and the prophets to the church. This is a Danny Silk book called The Culture of Honor, and it has a section on fivefold ministry and then lastly um this is called creating a missional culture by J.R. woodward and actually he was a part of the college ministry that i was saved in so i thought it was really neat to be able to buy a book um, from him so you've probably never heard me teach about fivefold ministry before because this is not my wheelhouse i mean i can teach about paul's letters i can teach about you know things about greek and the perfect tense and there's all kinds of things i could teach but i've never taught fivefold ministry but in the the past summer i took two different courses and one was leadership in church and ministry and so we were tasked with writing a paper and i chose to analyze fivefold ministry at global river church what does it look like how does it operate how well do we understand it If there were other paradigms at work and what I had to do was create a survey so how many of you got a survey from me okay so I sent it out to about 40 people that I had contacts for and I had about 24 responses so I won't have you hand your raise your hand if you returned it or not but I had enough so I didn't have to nag anyone for responses and what I found, um, I shared my results, survey results with Pastor Tom, and what I really saw was we need more teaching about fivefold ministry. I had questions about who's, th- who's in the office of the apostle at Global River? Who operates in apostolic ministry? Who's in the apost- office of the prophet? Who operates in prophetic ministry? Who's a teacher? Who um, is pastoral? And then there was um, a section where I just uh, asked, what are the strengths and weaknesses? Now, some people, for all the questions, who does anything? Well, it's Pastor Tom, Pastor Terry, Pastor William, Pastor Nilsa. Because for so many of us, we just think that the four pastors, the staff of the church, they do everything. They're everything to all of us. And there are a lot of things. But Jesus didn't create the church to be led by just four people. And we'll, we'll get into all of that. And I want to be really careful with semantics tonight, because semantics and choice of words can, can make things confusing. But Jesus didn't create Pastor Tom to be everything to the church. He, yes, hallelujah. He created all of us. Yes. Amen. He created all of us to use our gifts. And in the same way, there were some questions that people just skipped. If eight people skipped a question out of 23 respondents, I realized 25% of the people, did I do my math right? I think, no, (laughs) that's wrong. One third, one third of the people and, you know, the people that I sent the survey to were people that I've known for almost 15 years, you know, seasoned people. If one third of the seasoned people at Global River didn't know the answer, then maybe we need some education about 5 ministry. And there's another thing that I want to um, present tonight that I've not often heard taught in charismatic churches. I, I learned it through some of my classes. My class that i'm finishing right now i just want to tell you all my class on the study of the holy spirit i think i mentioned that a few weeks ago last night my professor prayed for the baptism of the holy spirit in class in class like at the class was three hours and he's praying for the baptism of the holy spirit it just gives me all the chills so my my paper for him was how the Holy Spirit empowers fivefold ministry. How the Holy Spirit empowers the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. There's so much written about preachers, which the preacher could be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. So I looked at preaching ministry, too, because in Acts, you know, they preach the Word of God with boldness, with boldness. So um, my head is just full of a lot of five-fold ministry. So what I want you to do is turn with me to Ephesians 4. And we're gonna read the whole passage to start out. Ephesians 4. For the longest time, I thought Daniel was affecting the lights up here, that the sound team, that they had changed the lights because I couldn't see. And then after a while, I realized I was middle age, and my eyes (laughs) were changing. But hallelujah, I finally have some contacts and I can see my Bible again, praise the Lord, with the current lighting. The lighting did not change. My eyes changed a little. Okay, Ephesians 4. So this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and in in Ephesians, the first three chapters are, he's like laying down the theology. And then the next three chapters, he's saying, this is how you live it out. So he says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So what he's talking about here, he's talking about unity as he starts out. Verse four, there is one body and one spirit, just just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Okay, verse seven, this is an important verse. But to each one of us, oh, that says to each one of us. Do y'all see that? To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then he quotes a passage from, um, from the Psalms. Let's see. Or I think it's, um, let's see. Thank you. Psalm 68. In <laughs> The context can even read that. So this, this scripture is describing how um, the king would lead a procession of victory, okay? So it says, therefore it says when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Okay, here we go, verse 11. And he gave. So we're still talking about Jesus. We're talking about the one that, that gave gifts to men. Um, from verse seven, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Verse 11, and he gave. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So I'm gonna stop right there, but what I want you to see is the purpose of this passage is he's talking about unity, and then he shares what Jesus gave. Now, there are spiritual gifts that come from Holy Spirit, but these are gifts that Jesus gave to his church, to his body. He is the chief cornerstone. So, very briefly, I just want to set the foundation that these five gifts that Jesus gave to the church he is the prototype. He is the archetype. He is the example. Okay? Because he was all five things, all, the, all five of these gifts that he gave. Um, the scriptures, I've just got them, um, I've got them on your handout. So Jesus as apostle would be John 20, 21. And this is Jesus talking. He says, Peace be to you, just as the Father has sent me. I also send you apostles. We usually hear the term is a sent one. That's what the word literally means in the Greek. It's a sent one. So apostles understand that they are sent people and they also send people. And we're going to, we're, So what we're going to do tonight is going to be the overview, and I'm going to give you just a brief description of each one of these offices, descriptions of these people, and then in the coming weeks, we're going to break it down and look at them more fully, okay? So Jesus as the prophet, Matthew 23, 37, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who have been sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. So what Jesus shows is anguish, anguish over the broken lives of the people. He hurt over the injustice that he saw. He called them back to the ways of God, and this is what a prophet will do. The prophet will see this is God's way. This is the way of the people, and he's going to call the people back to faithfulness to God. He's going to criticize, or she, criticize and energize. He's going to criticize, and we're going to have to get our act straight, and then he's going to say, "In you, I see the gift of blank, and he's going to activate us. So the prophet does these things. This is what Jesus did. He confronted fraud and hypocrisy in the land. He reached out to the poor and the marginalized. Jesus as evangelist, Luke 4, 18 through 19, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to bring good news. That's what the word evangelism means in the Greek, good news. Good news. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. So, he came to bring good news. He came to lead Israel to her true calling, which was to be a blessing to the whole world. God wanted to bless all the nations of the world through Israel, and he crossed boundaries. He crossed boundaries to reach those who were lost. Jesus, as pastor, Matthew 9, 36, it says, Seeing the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast, like sheep without a shepherd. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Someone who's pastoral feels great pain, shares the pain with others. They're empathetic. Jesus felt compassion. And then Jesus as teacher, so much of what we see in the Bible, Jesus is teaching along with signs and wonders. But in John 13, 13, Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are correct, for so I am. So if I, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So he taught with his words and with demonstration. He showed the people what to do. So we may wonder, like, where are all the apostles and the prophets, okay? (laughs) When you look at churches today, where are they? Some of the books that I've read have been really strong on this point because they present that the church today, especially the the North American church, the, the Western church, Western Christianity, is in decline because there are no apostles, prophets, and evangelists in general. Recognize and recognize leadership. When you look at church history, the belief was that when the Bible, when the canon came together, that the apostle and the prophet were no longer needed. That the only apostles were the original ones in the Bible, and that the only words that we need were the words in the Bible once it's finally written down. But as a Bible teacher, how can we look at that passage in Ephesians 4.11 and just say, well, these two words are relevant? Like, how do you choose which two words? Okay, this is the inspired, God-breathed Word of God. Everything above Ephesians 4.11 about unity, that's relevant. Everything below Ephesians 4.11 about growing and maturity, that's relevant. But in Ephesians 4.11, I'm just going to mark out a couple words because that's no longer relevant. Yeah, if you'll just save the questions for the end because I get distracted, but write it down, (laughs) write it down. So scripturally, there's no reason, this is on your handout, there's no reason why certain parts of that passage would be considered applicable and others, other parts aren't. So what happens is we take these fivefold gifts and I brought some packing cubes, hot pink, my favorite color. Packing cubes, okay? So we have apostle, and and I'm just randomly choosing. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Well, we don't need the apostle, the pastor, the reverend, the father. They can do it all. We don't need the apostle. The prophet, we've got the word of God. We don't need a prophetic word anymore. We don't need it this church leader will do everything. We don't need the evangelist. I mean, what church do you know that has an evangelist on staff? When you look back over church history, we don't really need any evangelist. Well, we've got this pastor and this teacher, but the pastor can do everything. He's the leader. So what we have done is we have taken the five gifts that Jesus gave for the health of the church and we've crammed it all into a pastor model. And we wonder why churches aren't surviving. Now there's nothing wrong with pastors. I love my pastors. I love my pastors. Even Pastor Willie, I love him. (laughs) I love Pastor Willie, Pastor Nilsa, but Jesus didn't give one gift to the church. And usually churches are led by someone who's a pastor or a teacher, kind of a pastor-teacher model. But Jesus gave five gifts to the church. He didn't say, let's just take it all and cram it into one person that we're going to call reverend or pastor or father, he gave five gifts. Does that make sense? (laughs) We take it, and we just shove it all, and that's why people put Pastor Tom's name down for everything, because the senior pastor does everything. Or you put Pastor Willie, or Pastor Terry, or Pastor Nilsa, they do everything. They're all five gifts, and that's not true. That's not true. They're not all five gifts. Now, we may call them pastors, But what we're gonna see tonight, some may be more pastoral, some may be more apostolic, some may be more prophetic, some may be more teacherish, some may be more evangelistic, but we call them all pastor or reverend or father depending on the church. So we end up with, oh, come back. With the church being just an an extension of seminary, which is the teacher, like y'all wouldn't like it every week if I taught because you'd be tired of all those Greek words. You know, can we just get somebody that will present something that's applicable to our real lives instead of Lisa, the teacher? Now, when you have somebody that's just a pastor leading a church, we are all happy because the pastor wants to meet your needs. The true shepherd wants to meet the needs of the church, make sure we're all fat and happy and fed and living in harmony. So if all you have is a pastor, then you're not going to grow. You're not going to have the prophet to call them out. You're not going to have the teacher focusing on the words. You're not going to have the evangelist leading you out of the walls of the church or the apostle networking you with other ministries, creating, building, sending. You're just all going to be fat and happy. And churches love that. Churches love to have just a pastor. It's true. Okay. So, the minister or pastor or father is is considered to possess all that the church needs. But what these different gifts bring is different viewpoints, different perspectives, Different ways of seeing, oh, we have a gap here in the church. Something needs to be done in this area. We all see, we all see the needs. Like I'm always going to be saying, we need to teach the word of God. We need, this is what the word of God says. This is how you need to be living because I'm a teacher. It's what teachers do. I'm not usually going to be the one standing up here saying, I had a dream from the Lord or I saw a vision or, the you know, I do hear from the Lord, but I hear from Him in a different way. I hear from Him through His Word. So, we're all different. So, apostles. So, in general, this is just an overview. Apostles, So on your handout, they extend the kingdom of God to new ground. Maybe it's planting new churches. Maybe it's starting new ministries. Apostles are looking at the overall health of the church. So they're concerned not just with the hundred in their body, but they are building the kingdom. They're not just taking, they're not just being pastoral and meeting the needs of the church. They are looking far ranging, taking care of the needs of the kingdom. They mobilize for movement, for broad impact. Here's a big one. Apostles network. Apostles network with other churches, other ministries, other leaders. When you see someone that's gathering a lot of people together to network, there's an apostolic gift there. Apostles network. Apostles are sent to pioneer something new. So in general with apostles you're looking at networking. You're looking at creating new things, new movements, new ways. And we're going to look just briefly how some apostles are sent out like Paul on missionary journeys. Some apostles like Peter, come on in, honey. My honey's been working really hard. I love you, honey. I, I cook dinner for honey, right, honey? Yeah, let's make me look good. Sometimes when he's on Zoom calls, he'll tell me that somebody brought so-and-so lunch during their Zoom meeting. So every now and then I'll take him a cookie or, you know, a sandwich so I can get credit for being a good wife, too. Thank you, baby. So apostles do the new thing. They send, they build. They're looking at the kingdom of God and not just the local church, not just their church. So you can have a pastor that's an apostle you can have somebody that's not even part of a church that's apostolic. We'll we'll see that in just a minute. Okay. Oh, I think before honey came in. So some, um, some apostolic people like Peter, Peter was the one who was in charge of the health of the church. So you have a Pauline apostle and a Petrine apostle, the Paul sending, we're going. And then Peter... Hey, I'm going to create new things within the four walls. I'm going to work on the health of this church. So both build and do new things. Okay, prophets. They call God's people to greater degrees of faithfulness. They say this is the standard. This is where we are. Got to close the gap. Got to close the gap. I mean, we're all happy, you know, So a few weeks, well, a couple months ago, God finally finally said, Lisa, you can't watch Saturday Night Live anymore. I love Saturday Night Live. It is so funny. And I would watch it like if I was having a sad day and I would get up and watch Saturday Night Live. But sometimes it takes the prophet that says, those things that you don't wanna lay down, that God's saying to lay down, lay it down. At a tent meeting, I laid it down. So it's the prophet that says, this is God's standard. Now, some of y'all might be able to watch Saturday Night Live. I'm not judging. I'm just saying God said, Lisa, you can't, because God knows me, (laughs) my weaknesses, my struggles. Um, But the prophet says, this is the standard. This is where you're living. I'm going to criticize. I'm not criticize, but it rhymes. Criticize and energize. I'm going to convict. I'm going to call out. So the prophet is gonna bring correction, but also energize us, it does both. The prophet is gonna kind of seem strange because sometimes they're in travail because they feel God's intense pain, especially over injustice, they feel his anger. They're passionate, they're spiritual, and they notice what goes unnoticed. While we're happily living our lives, drinking our lattes, Doing all the things we do, the prophet's going to notice injustice and unfaithfulness, indifference towards God, and cruelty. So the prophet's the one that says, "Here's the standard. Here's where we're living. Close the gap." And it doesn't feel good sometimes to be told to close the gap, but that's what the prophet does. Um, Ephesians 2:19 and 20. It talks about the household of God. It says, You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus Himself, being the cornerstone. So, the foundation of the church is on the ones that are going to build God's kingdom, the ones that are going to call us back to faithfulness. So they're like the advanced team. They go ahead. They create, they build, they, they do new things. And then we have the evangelist, pastor, and teacher that stay and, and build the community. So evangelists, they're great socializers. They have a knack for making friends and acquaintances. They have the ability to take the gospel and make it applicable to people's lives. There's a gift there. They help people see God's love and calling in Jesus. And when um, I'm going to talk about evangelism because I want to do some differentiation because I always thought, like, I don't like confrontation, and so I'm generally not the one in Walmart that's going to go and start up a gospel conversation, but that doesn't mean I'm not evangelistic. We've had our nieces live with us off and on for three years. That has been evangelism. So there's pro- there's event evangelists. Like I'm going to go and share the gospel at Walmart. It's an event. It's a proclamation, but then there's the ones that are process. I'm going to walk with them through the process. I'm going to share the gospel whenever the door opens. I'm going to drive down 40 and miss all the rest areas because I'm preaching the gospel to my niece. So there's presence evangelist. So we're going to look at that. Just because you're like me and sharing the gospel in Walmart is not your thing does not mean you don't care about souls being saved. It just means there's a different way that God wants to use you. My nieces hate the tent. They're not going to get saved at the tent. They hate it. But they see Jesus in me, the rescuer they've looked for. They've seen it through us coming and rescuing them from some bad places. So that brought me great hope. Glory, hallelujah. Pastors are shepherds. The pastors or shepherds are concerned about this Christian community, creating a healthy community. They're going to nurture us in our faith. They're going to care for the welfare of people. They're going to protect us. They're going to have a deep empathy. They're going to want to hear your story, and they're not going to cut you off because they are willing to get involved in your life, in the nitty gritty. So they want to make sure that the sheep are healthy. So pastors are meeting the needs of the community, making sure it's healthy and unity. Teachers bring wisdom and understanding. We look at how to gain insight to how God wants us to live based on the word. The, The prophets here in the spirit, the teacher is bringing the word. We're not concerned with how long it takes for people to learn, focused on the word. We're trainers, but the teacher should not be the axis around which everything revolves. Teaching is not the end all, be all of ministry, of building the kingdom of God. It's important, but it's not everything. So we are the body of Christ. We have the spiritual DNA of Jesus. Since Jesus lives in us, and he was apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, he lives in us, his DNA is in us, then we can reflect those natures of Jesus. We can be apostolic, we can be prophetic, we can be pastoral. Those of you that brought me meals post-surgery, I had some hand surgery a few weeks ago. People that brought me meals, pastoral people, they're caring for the needs of the community. We can be teachers, we can be evangelists. So um, Daniel, can you show that first slide? I'll give you a give a minute. So every believer is capable of reflecting the nature of Jesus expressed in the fivefold gifts. So in each one of us, there's something, it could be apostolic to build, prophetic, it could be evangelistic, it could be pastoral, teacher. And this is gonna be different for us. But just hang with me. I've got lots of props and ways. I spend a lot of time praying, "Lord, how do I how do I bring this message?" So in a sense, um, Neil Cole writes this, "All who are in Christ are called to ministry." He says our conversion is our commission and our baptism is our ordination. So we are all called to minister. Not just those who are employed by churches or or who have titles in a church or who even are in the offices of the church. So, for example, semantics can be confusing. What is this? Okay, I heard tissue. Kleenex. It's it's a box, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. So, the brand is called Kleenex, but what is it? It's a tissue. But what do you use it for? You know, well, you can blow your nose. You can spit your gum in it. You can pick up a dead roach from the floor. I scream when I do that. Lots of things you can do with a Kleenex. It has functions. Its title is Kleenex. Just like Pastor Tom's title is pastor. But what is it? It's a tissue. What are you? You're more of a teacher. What are you? What are you, Pastor Tom? Five-fold gifts. What do you what would you if you had to choose apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher? He's an apostolic teacher, okay? That's what he is, but what does he do? Gosh, he pastors, but he does a lot of networking. He does a sending. Look at all those churches in Nepal. He sends people, he raises up apostolic people. He networks, he teaches. So there's semantics, yes. It is a Kleenex. That is its title officially. It is a tissue. But then it has functions too. Okay? There's our first example. All right. Next slide, Daniel. All right. Just look up at me for a minute. Don't look at your handouts. So we're going to talk about um, the nomenclature wording I'm going to use fivefold leadership. That's a person who is an official role in the church. Okay? And these are two different people. And then five-fold ministry. So we have maybe the pastor up front teaching. But then we have the ministry. We have someone being pastoral, going and visiting people in the hospital. That's a pastoral thing to care about the needs of the people. Just like um, Pastor Nilsa called me the night before I had surgery to pray with me. That was a pastoral thing to do. Okay, next slide, please. So the first slide says fivefold leadership, leaders only. Leaders only. But fivefold ministry, all can serve. Can you take a meal to someone? Can you wave a flag prophetically during worship? Can you uh, prophet? Well, Paul said all can prophesy. Not all are prophets, but all can prophesy. Yes, you can prophesy. Can you listen to someone and care about them? Can you teach something, teach someone or something? <laughs> you, can you teach? Can you share the gospel? Yeah, that's ministry. So we have leaders, but then we can all walk like Jesus did. Does that make sense? Leadership ministry. Okay, next slide, please. Okay, I'm sorry, the words are a little small. So the first guy is Bob. Who is he? Well, he's Pastor Bob. He's he's a teacher in our church. What is his title? So who is he? We look at name, position, title, office. He's in the office of the pastor. He's Pastor Bob. He's the five-fold ministry. He's the pastor. But then we can also look at what, what does he do? What do we do? What is our ministry, excuse me, function, role, or expression? Some of the books use the expression. What is the expression of Jesus that we are? How do we express Jesus? So there's the difference between the title, Reverend Joe, and Joe that's taking meals. You know, Joe that's working in the food pantry. And one more slide, I believe. Let's see. Oh, yeah. What do we call him? Pastor Bob. That's his position or office or role. That's how we call people, according to their position. Now, if they're employed in the church, no matter what they are, we're probably going to call them pastor, reverend, or father. Position officer role, but look at James. Who is he? He's just God's son. Who is pastoral? He's pastoral. He's caring for people around him. Okay. Hopefully that helps just a little bit. I've got I've got another example for you. Okay. So in um, the Primal Fire book, Neil Cole. He's and this is on your handout the fivefold ministry gifts that from Ephesians 4:11 are callings I'm sorry fivefold ministry gifts not okay are callings functions or roles that's for us that's the ministry they're different for from offices positions or titles in the church so even if you're not called pastor Brian Brian can be pastoral even if you're not prophet Jan you can be prophetic even if we don't have a title in front of our name or are in an official church leadership capacity we can walk in these types of fivefold ministry okay so i i really struggled i made a video they're going to show it sunday and i really struggled how do you use the words where it's not confusing and I finally came up with fivefold ministry. We are ministering, that's us, versus fivefold leadership roles. So, not all of us, not some people will mature in their ministry until they are in a leadership role. Some will, most probably won't, because when you're in a church, you know, you don't have a whole lot of leaders. There are some leaders. Most of us are ministering with some leaders that are helping us to stay together in unity, walking in according to God's word, mobilized and sent out, sharing the gospel and teaching. So next slide, please. I was in the shower and I was like, Lord, how do I explain this? This is Emma Bautizor. She leads one Christian network. She is not in a church leadership role. Now, based on the name of her ministry, what do you think she is? So, from an po- apostolic, yeah, one Christian network. I'm in the shower. I'm like, Lord. And I just thought of Emma. And so, I texted her. Do you consider yourself apostolic? Yes, I do. This is a woman who networks ministries in our town, in our state. She is a woman who mobilizes us for mission. She is building the kingdom of God and she is not a church leader. That is an apostolic woman. She's everywhere, she knows everybody. She's making connections, she's building. She's mobilizing, she's calling out gifts, getting people started. She's not a pastor. She's not a father or a reverend. I don't believe any church staff employs her in a leadership role. I know she does serve, okay? So there's an example. Okay. So we want to be careful because pastor is both a title and it's an office. But if I said pastors shouldn't be the sole leaders of churches, well, some people could say, well... Gosh, just what does she have against Pastor Tom and Pastor Terry and Pastor Willie and Pastor Nelson? Nothing. It's just that Jesus gave fivefold ministry to lead churches. So you just have to be careful with your semantics there. You just have to be careful because one thing is a title and another thing is a role. Okay? So I just want to say it, it gets a little tricky. So are all church leaders, this is on your handout, 1 Corinthians 12, 29, are all apostles, this is Paul writing, are all all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? He's being rhetorical. The answer is no. We're not all apostles. We're not all prophets. We're not all teachers. So this is on your hand now. Every person does not lead. Every person does not lead with their gifting. But each person in the body of Christ has some measure of a five-fold gifting. All believers possess some degree of the five-fold giftings, but not all will become leaders within the context of the church. So how many of you feel like you have a fivefold gifting? That you might be apostolic, prophetic, teacherific, evangelistic, pastoral. We should all, okay? So because we are all... You are here on the good night. I'm going to pass out the bag of chocolate. I want you to all take a piece of chocolate. You people in the back, you assert your rights and make sure it gets to you. Okay? Yeah, you make sure you get it. Just one. But we do have some leaders. Now y'all everybody gets one in that little in that little shape. But those that are in the fivefold leadership positions in the church, They get a different shape. Doesn't mean they're better. See, look at that. (laughs) Yeah. You like it? Yeah, it's a good analogy. So we all have some measure. Some of us, that little piece of chocolate's going to grow, grow, grow. We're going to mature. We're going to walk it out. We're going to be humble. We're going to go through fire. One day, we might walk in the gift as a church leader. If God has that for us. But we can all be some measure of fivefold ministry. We can all be that. And you can, I'm gonna let you know who else your fivefold people are. I'm gonna let you do that. Okay? That's, that's, yeah, there you go. So, God created some, okay, listen carefully. God created some people to function prophetically. But not all prophetic people function as leaders. There's a difference. Okay. He's. Yeah. All right. So there's, an, there's a difference between having an evangelistic gifting, she's asserting her rights, yeah. and actually being an evangelist, like the fivefold name, okay? So this is on your handout. And This is a, um, I think he's an Anglican author. Not everyone is a teacher, but everyone is called to share what they know from the scriptures. Not everyone is a shepherd. It's another word for pastor. But we are all called to care. Not everyone is an evangelist, but we are all called to share the good news. Not everyone is a prophet, but we're all called to listen to God. Not everyone is an apostle, but everyone is called to live a sent life. Okay? So, Everyone may have a gifting and we have the, the. Um, let me see if I can read, therefore a possibility of a maturing ministry, but not everyone functions as a leader. Okay, is that clear? Next slide please, Daniel. I think this is the last slide. Yeah, okay, this is on your handout. You can go to this website, there's a five minute version or a 10 minute version of this test. And it's going to tell you based on your personality, your passions, the things you care about, whether you're more apostolic, prophetic, pastoral evangelist, teacherific, or if you're just an equal mix. I'm a teacher. My husband is a teacher. Now see this sticky note. This is how I live my life. If I do not want to forget something, I must make a note. This is your sticky note. If you have a pen, you need to write on it that says, take five-fold test. Stick it on your phone. When When you get home, stick it on your mirror, stick it on the fridge, stick it somewhere to remind you to take your test, okay? That's just a little help. We I do hope one week to have some laptops here for those of you. Thank you, Pat. She's got it on her forehead. Thank you. That you can do it that way. (laughs) For those of you that don't have internet access, we want to to make a way for you to also take your test. So caution. This test is going to use titles. After you do it, it's going to say you're an apostle. (laughs) It's going to say it uses apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher you want to use caution and calling up your friends and say, hey, I'm a pastor, (laughs) hey, I'm a prophet. So just because your results say you're 25% prophet doesn't mean you are in the church leadership role of a prophet, okay, or the office of the prophet. If um, If you're curious about where those words offices come from, it came from church history, John Calvin, John Wesley, the kingly offices of Christ. Pastor, priest, and prophet. That's where we get that word office. It is not in the scripture. I looked. I looked today. Not in there. No word office. No. But I've got four pages from Wikipedia from about threefold office from church history. I just want to clarify that. So instead of announcing that you're those things, learn about that gift. Ask others if they see that in you. Find safe places to practice. Pastor Tom's given me safe places to practice the teaching gift. I've accepted some critical feedback, although my husband's not allowed to give it to me because it hurts my feelings. Right, sweetie? Yeah, we live in peace. (laughs) Find where you can serve and be humble. I'm working on that one. Be humble. But as Pastor Tom would say, a person's gift will make room for them. If God has called you to be a pastor in a church leadership role, God's going to, and that's scriptural. (laughs) Pastor Tom says it, but it's scriptural, Proverbs 18, 16. A person's gift makes room for him. So as we look at our church, you know, we are a place on the back. It says our focus and mission, it's worship. There's prophetic aspects to worship, dance, art, flags, prophetic words, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. There's fellowship. That's a lot of pastoral stuff where we can serve. There's training. That's where the teachers serve. There's um, ministry, which can be pastoral, prophetic, evangelistic. There's missions, apostolic and evangelistic. So whatever your gift mix is, there's a place for you to serve here, to use that gift, because Jesus gave all five expressions of himself to the church. We need all five. Okay, so I'm going to, um, for the last couple minutes before I take questions, I just want to give you a thought, okay? Um, this was something I read that was new to me. Going back to Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So what I read, I think it was Neil Cole. Yeah, it was this guy. He says, true fivefold ministry leaders will also equip others in their same gifting, so there's probably a lot of people that would walk around and say, I'm a prophet. But the five-fold ministry office of prophet is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For like if you're just Lone Ranger going around and prophesying in Walmart, you are not a biblical prophet. The office of the prophet is for the building up of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the equipping. You can walk around, and, like for me, I'm looking at, okay, I, sp- I would say I'm a teacher, but I'm looking at my life and saying, where am I equipping people to teach? And I'm doing it to some extent. You shouldn't walk around and say, I'm an evangelist. I'm in the office of the evangelist. Unless you're raising up evangelists, you're training, you're equipping, you're building. You look at Pastor Tom, He sins. Good Lord, he's sending me to Costa Rica. He is an apostolic person, and I was surprised. I've got a little apostolic in me, too. Never, I didn't want that. Apostles suffer. All in Corinthians, those apostles, they suffer. Don't desire apostolic ministry. Like, don't desire to be the apostle. But anyway, he sends, he, he's an apostolic teacher, but he's also sending, he's equipping me to be sent. So, it's just a thought that if you really believe God has put you in a five-fold leadership role in the church, then are you doing the things Paul says Jesus gave that gift for? Are you equipping others? Are you building? Now, that's not doctrine. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know how Pastor Tom feels about it. It just made me think looking at the context of the verse the context of fivefold leadership roles in the church is to build up the church it's not to just be lone ranger doing your own thing and calling yourself titles and giving yourself a position and we're part of a body so something to think about so this guy says we should reserve those names those church leadership roles apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher for those whose gifts have matured to the point that they are now equipping others at that point you know how they say how many years does it take to make a prophet?" but once the person is is walking in the office of the prophet they've learned so much that then they can share others you know this is what i've learned in this journey i've I've taken countless women and given them the microphone and then talk, talk to them. This is how you share. I was talking with Loretta today. We were talking about, you know, patterns for how you share messages. So I'm just looking at myself and saying, well, I need to be equipping others to know how to teach. If if I'm walking in that role, I don't know if I am or not. but. I teach. I'm teacherific. That's good enough for me. As long as I get a microphone, I'm happy. You can call me whatever you want. As long as you just give me a microphone, I'm all good, okay? Uh, But I do like the big chocolate bars, but I can buy more. (laughs) Glory. Okay, I think that's all that I have for tonight. Next week, um, I'm not sure if um, I'm going to be teaching on evangelists and teachers. Pastor Bishop's going to teach on prophetic. Pastor Tom and Pastor Terry, pastoral. Pastor Tom's going to teach on the apostle, and I'm going to share just a little bit about the different types of apostles—the ones that send and the ones that stay home and build here. You know, create, um, create the church. So for the questions. Um, the candy bar people can answer that, will help me answer the church leaders. So, yeah, the candy bar people can are going to help me because I need help because this is not my wheelhouse, as I've said. Okay, so Pastor Tom will bring the microphone. Thank you.
1: are going to let him go first. Great. Jump in there. So my question was, um, there's some gifts in First Corinthians.
0: Uh-huh. Exactly.
1: Correlated with this gift. Yeah. Yeah. But the other gifts, are uh-huh. there any relationships?
0: So, yeah. so in First Corinthians in um, 12, there's, okay, let's see if I can get it. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. There's discernment of spirits. There's tongues, interpretation of tongues. There's, um, okay, I'm going to go blank, but I do know them.
1: <laughs> healing. Discernment.
0: Right? Prophecy. Prophecy. Thank you. Oh, miracles and healing. Okay. Yeah. So because Holy Spirit lives in us, you can function prophetically. You can function in that gift of prophecy whenever Holy Spirit hits you and he wants you to function in that. The scripture says he gives to those as he wills and it's also for the common good of the body. But in Ephesians 4 these are people that Christ has given to the church in leadership roles. So, A person who is a prophet can function in a spirit, in the gift of prophecy, but not everyone who functions in the gift of prophecy is a prophet. Do you see the difference? So there's operating in the gift, and then there's being in a church leadership role.
2: I hope this this is helpful because when I was, everyone turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 12.
0: There you go, thank you.
2: We're gonna gonna look at function and role. Mm Right, we've been talking about that. Right, even in the triune God, mm-hmm. they are together but separate, and they actually have different roles. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at First Corinthians chapter twelve, which talks about let's, let's look at verse four. So it says there are diversity of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit and he's talking about gifts, different diversities of gifts. Right. Now, King James says it this way. We'll look at it in New Living in a minute. It says, and there are different differences of administration, but it's the same Lord. So the Lord Jesus, one of the triune, he has the administrative function, whereas the Holy Spirit has the role of gifting and giving of different gifts. Look at the next one. Verse 6 says, there are diversities of operations but it is the same Father, same Mm -hmm. God, who works it all. So if you look at the triune God, let me read uh, New Living for you a minute. It says, there are different, this is verse four, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit who's the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, so he interchanges here administrations with service, but it's the same Lord, and God works different ways. So think of it this way. We know God, this is that amazing, mystery of God, right? Three persons in one, but there's a Father, there's the Son and Holy... We're one, the one in the Father, He's in me and we're in... So there's this mystery of the oneness, but we also see they have different roles and functions Mm -hmm. and they give different gifts to the church. So for me, the way this operates... Think of it this way. Um, Let's use Emma Balthazar's example. The Lord has established an operation through her to unify the body of Christ in this area. The Lord says, I need Emma to pull together the body. I want to have a global river church. I'm going to establish a global river church which will have a type of function in the body. I will establish a saturate global for a function in the church. There's an operation of those different functions in the body. Remember, he says all different body parts. I always say if you're a hand, be a hand. If you're trying to be a leg when you're a hand, it's going to be really terrible when you try to walk, right? So, you want to find out what is the operation that God is creating. Once he creates that operation of a global river church, the Lord steps in and says, "I need administrators, those who will do in the services of the fivefold in Ephesians 4 it says, "who equip the saints to do the work of ministry." Mm-hmm then the Holy Spirit, if he's allowed to operate mm-hmm. in that
0: Amen.
2: operation through the gifting of the administrators, he will equip those saints in the power of the Holy Ghost Amen. with wisdom, knowledge, discernment, Amen. faith, healing, healing, miracles, tongues, faith, interpretation of, of tongues, tongues, and prophecy. And when they're allowed to function and they're free, the body functions and all every joint supplies. Amen. So once you get a hold of this, oh, yeah. Now, it doesn't take long if you hang around a spirit-filled body and you start to see those giftings emerge. Mm-hmm. We we joke a lot, but if you spend a little time with Doug Henry, you'll understand the guy burns in evangelism. Mm-hmm. At men's group, he can't help but talk about, I was at the car wash.
1: Mm-hmm. I was
2: here and I was leading this one to the Lord and it was so like he doesn't need a card that says Doug Henry evangelist. He yeah. burns there, right? Yeah. People that are pastoral are like, "Oh my God, we gotta help everybody." It's like the apostle saying, "Charge the hill." Yeah, we need yeah. the pastors to help clean up all the body work, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if the if you don't have the right functionality in their right places, the church doesn't joint supply each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that helps, but.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so just a side question. So this is not. I, I do have. Um, Another question, but is that one of the reasons why the church changed names to Global River Church? Was because then you saw more of a um, like a global, like the nation's outreach.
2: Now you're going into a little bit of history. When 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 the church was planted, when this senior elder back here, <laughs> Chester Starling, and Pastor Steve said, "Look." God was going to create an operation, and he wanted a vineyard established. He wanted a spirit-filled church. There weren't many in in, the, in this city at that time. And he, he, he creates an operation through a series of usually torturous paths to get there, <laughs> but he establishes an operation called the vineyard. And so when, when we diverted from being a vineyard, when the nature of the operation shifted, for us it was... I want to be careful. I don't want to degrade anyone. The The vineyard started shifting. It's after John Wimber passed away and died. And Burton Wagner took over at that point. I'd been a vineyard pastor in Georgia. I had been part of a lay ministry here before. I, when I worked for General Electric. And then I got, anyway, licensed there and came back. When the vineyard shifted its its operation into a different mode, no longer were they Seeking after the Holy Spirit as much they were going more seeker sensitive. and at that point, this apostolic guy who is that that's not that's not my body part, so I'm here now there were some other issues that happened around that that I won't go into, um, <clears throat> which I thought the vineyard got off track on. So we just said that's not who we are. By that time, we're traveling to the nations with Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, running deliverance tents, we're helping. Do all that stuff in the mission work. So I called up um, Randy Clark and Bill Johnson, who I'd been with in the mission field. I think in I don't know at that point probably twenty-five different mission trips, and I said, "We're we're going to be leaving the vineyard. The elders have unanimously agreed. To, we're going to do this with honor, but we need we need a body of fellowship that burns in the same place that we do, the same body part, and that's where." Bill Johnson says, well, you know, Tom, names really, really matter. Who are you? What are you? Ask the Lord. And then through a set of prophetic revelations, one of our leaders wrote a song about Ezekiel 47, Brent Naylor, on the river. My wife has this revelation. We go to the elders, and I think, I think we're a global river. I think we're in Ezekiel 47, and the river's rising, and we want to get in the river and let the river take us where it needs to go. Even if it's outside there, here, there, we got to go. getting electrified right now. So it was like, so that was a confirming word through prophetic revelation. This guy, he sent it this week. As a matter of fact, there were two prophetic confirmations when we were trying to decide far be it from a man to change the operation in the natural. If that church was planted as a vineyard, you better hear God before you change or you're going to get yourself sideways with God. So we met with the elders and said, guys, we need to start praying because when the vineyard is going off in this direction and is not necessarily in support of Israel, um, there's a concern for us. Do you want us to stay within the body to change it or do you want us to completely change? We, we decided to pray and ask the Lord. A Jewish prophetic guy named Ben Keys called me up a week and a half later and said, Tom, I need to meet. I hadn't seen him for over a year. He was a painter uh, at, in Wrightsville Beach. He says, I need to meet with you. I have a word for you from the Lord. Now, we just met his elders saying, tell us what you want to do and don't tell anybody else in the body what we're, you know, just pray. And he comes and says, you are no longer going to be a vineyard church. You're going to be a church associated with Bill Johnson and Randy Clark. I said, who you been talking to? One of my elders <laughs> opened their mouths. He goes, I talked to God. I said, would you write that down and date it and give me that? It was, I don't know, a few weeks later, Lisa and Brian had just come from the Rock Church be- not too long before that, and Brian would sit up here and sketch. Like, now he goes up there and does all that, right? And I'd sit there and say, is he ever listening to my sermon? What's he <laughs> sketching there? <right?"
3: laughs> yeah.
2: But he said that this week, because I talked to him about it, he got done one Sunday morning, and we, I had asked the elders, keep praying. We have one hit membership. Everything be established with two or three witnesses. We had had one witness of a prophetic word because he reveals everything to the prophets beforehand. Amos 3.8. So Ben Keyes comes and says, whoa, but I still, you know, I, I fear the Lord. I need more. A couple weeks later, Brian comes up after service, his sketch pad, and he's got a um, china plate with a crack down the middle. It says there's a formal breaking or something of that degree that says there's a breaking coming, formally. I said, he goes, I'm not really sure what this means. I go, I know what that means. Would you give that? And so he's, he's now preserving that. I want that for our archives. So I then went to the Board of Elders. I said, we have a second confirmation. What do you want to do? And they said, we want to do this with honor. And we withdrew from the Vineyard Church, prayed about it. Who are we? What's our name? What are we? What's our DNA? Right? And we had had other prophetic words. When you look at when people ask, we're an Antioch church. We're a sending church. We're a missional church. And so people often say, well, why did you bring, why did you let Saturate come here? I said, because we want to perform a platform. Mm -hmm. People are coming to this city. We got to, we want, yeah, we want a mission base up there. We want to equip, yes, yeah. This is not about doing this kind of stuff. This is kingdom.
1: It's kingdom Mm -hmm. stuff, right?
2: I don't know if that helps, but Yeah.
3: A great history. Um, So the question I had um, when Lisa talked about how a lot of church leaders, the idea is that um, the apostolic or the apostle role and the prophetic role Mm -hmm. have kind of passed away. No, well, she said that a lot of churches, historically, they're saying that that's no longer needed Mm -hmm. for today, for the modern-day Western church. Mm -hmm. Um, How do they handle um, the verse? I don't know where it is in the New Testament, but talks about, I know I read this recently, in the last days, the men and the old men and the young men will have visions and dreams and the women and the daughters and the sons will prophesy. So then how do then do they just ignore that verse altogether? How does that fit in then with their their doctrine that, that the apostolic and the prophetic words, the visions, the dreams are no longer relevant
0: Right. So I'll add my two cents and then let Pastor Tom add to it. But what, what I've found is that they believe once you have the word of God, you don't need those other things. And kind of what has happened is church history, I'm going to be taking two more classes in church history, but it was over church history that those roles of apostles and prophets slowly died away. And then the church structure was created around what people saw. You know, if we don't see apostles and prophets operating well, they must not be for today. It's because now we have the scriptures. That's yeah, one of the, one of the church denominations mm-hmm. I was
2: part of and went to Bible college for. Mm-hmm. This is what they base some of the cessationism about. Cessationism is they mm-hmm. cease, right? Mm-hmm. They, They. And I didn't get a good grade on this paper uh, when I challenged it, but (laughs) I specifically remember. Uh It says, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, King James says it this way, charity never fails, which love never fails, right? But where there are prophecies, they will fail, and where there are tongues, they shall cease. And whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but that which is perfect when it's come, which we'll see and what we impart, shall be done away with. New Living says Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. But our knowledge is partial and incomplete. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. That's where they hang it up. They they don't exegete mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. We has knowledge ceased? No, it's doubling at eight eight months, right? Um, has the perfect come? Absolutely not. So you can't. You, how do you get past Acts chapter two, which is the definition that Joel prophesied, and Peter stands up and says, "Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy in the last days." So. It doesn't fit in the, in the context, I don't believe, in Scripture, that gifts have ceased, Not a, even though they have been de-emphasized.
0: And here's a second Scripture that was shared with me, Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, has spoken to us in his Son. So that was a Scripture that was given to me as to why the gifts have ceased Okay. What
3: about that person you know who said in Revelation the 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 testimony of Jesus is Uh a theater prophecy? Right. Right. Amen. That's right. Amen.
1: I think um, if it's eight o'clock, how much time do I have? Okay. I think we can all agree that the fivefold ministry exists in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been, uh, if you look at history, we see where the church missed it and relegated everything to the office of the pastor. But God is resurrecting that and bringing that back. Uh, a couple of things that I want to comment on quickly uh, for tonight. Everything that Lisa preached on is fantastic scriptural and point on. But I want to add a few things. Um, First of all, if you are, you know, you can be in the ministry, like she's talked about. You got the leaders and then the ministry. But I also want to caution us that if you're going to be in the leader, God has to call you. Mm -hmm. You don't call yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's a calling, and you will know it right here. You can't get away from it. It will be burning in your spirit 24-7-365. You can't get away from it. So you cannot mature into an office. Mm -hmm. You can mature as a believer, but you cannot mature into a calling. You have to be called to be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. So you can grow as a believer, and we should all grow, but you can't mature into a call. You have to be called. That's, that's one thing I want to, I want to emphasize. Mm-hmm. Now, the office of an apostle, an apostle is a sent one. It's the Greek word apostolo. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? You know, like Lisa explained, they, they do all this network, they build new works, but I also want to speak to us that an apostle can be sent with a special message, mm-hmm. like an apostle of faith. Mm-hmm. Smith Wigglesworth is an example of that. He was an apostle with a message. You can have a message. You can be sent to a people, like mm-hmm. to the Spanish people, or to America, or to a place. That's an apostle. Most of the people that we call uh, missionaries are really apostles, a mm-hmm. sent one mm-hmm. uh, with an assignment. Mm-hmm. So that's another piece. You can have an assignment to the government, an apostle to the government, an apostle in uh, politics, an apostle in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So there are so many areas an apostle can be sent. But this is where it begins, a call. And that call is something that the Lord will pass on to you personally or through Mm -hmm. the prophetic office or other ministers that will speak to you. And you will know that you know that you know that you are called. So I want to emphasize Mm -hmm. that. Uh, a person can be also in multiple offices. You can be an apostle, an evangelist. A good example of that is Acts 13.1. The Bible says there were these men listed, uh, mentioned a couple of names, Paul being one of them, Barnabas being one of them. They were in the, either a prophet or a teacher or both a prophet and a teacher. And then in verse 2, the Holy Ghost said, Now separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have sent them. Mm -hmm. That was when they stepped into the office of an apostle. So essentially, Paul and Barnabas were standing in three offices. Apostle, prophet, and teacher. So you can be in multiple offices. Offices, not just... uh, a gift. Mm -hmm. And when you connect that with the nine gifts, each of the offices has unique gifts that function to make you operate in that office. So uh, there's so much to this, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's multi-dimensional, but I just want to emphasize the fact that for you to be in an office, you have to have a call, Mm -hmm. a call from the God of heaven himself. The pastor cannot call you. The elder board cannot call you. Your dad and mom cannot call you. Only Jesus calls.
0: Amen. Thank you.
1: Because he raises up the administrators. Mm -hmm. Now, the
2: prophet can activate the gift.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, They can call it. They see the gifting, and they can activate it. There was things spoken over me 20, this is my 23rd year here, 20-some-plus years ago that, like, what? So don't push your way into something. Mm-hmm. Let the Lord, just let the Lord lead you. He'll make, your gift will make room for you. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be a place where, and one of the fastest ways to not be recognized in the gift is to operate pridefully or push your way at the trough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nuzzle you and And celebrate those that are already operating in those gifts. Dang. So Humility is a way, right? <laughs> he says he raises up the humble. But he does not do yeah. much for that with the prideful, right? So mm-hmm. so we you, you have this burning. It's like, why don't I get an opportunity? I want to... The Lord will make room for mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. So we'll take just a couple more here.
3: Well, and then there's evangelists like Billy Graham. Yeah. And he's apostle, apostle. I don't know what you would call him, but... How can they explain that if it's not you know, walking in the vice
2: It'd be hard to say Billy Graham wasn't an evangelist, <laughs> right? right? I mean, you can see it by its fruit. But as far as the argument, you mean as to they wouldn't call him an evangelist? Yeah. I mean,
3: that's one of the gifts, right? Yes. So, it's one I mean, of the fivefold ministry I, I keep on thinking, well, I'm not very bold. I'm not very this. I'm not very that. But then sometimes God gives me opportunities to witness, to talk to someone to share, Mm -hmm. to encourage someone, Mm -hmm. isn't that all walking in the gifts?
2: See, you have the gift of compassion that's Mm -hmm. listed, because that's why you do what you do with the homeless when I watch what you do with House of Mercy, but that was what Lisa was mentioning is, you be your your personality, and that's where you burn, mm -hmm. and you don't have to be on a platform, that's my wife too, she does the one-on-one ministry, her compassion, and so... So be you in the midst of it. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: It's frustrating or you'll make comparisons and you'll get negative. It doesn't work. And
0: you also have a gift of hospitality. You're opening up your home. You're sharing Jesus through presence, even if you're not confronting people in a parking lot. So that's still evangelism. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and yet then you got Lily and Andrew who like, can't we go out and evangelize? <laughs> Why do we... We'll talk about that this Sunday, actually, I think, right? Good. Uh, maybe, about, maybe. Praise God. Yeah, so there's that place where, oh, Lord, we've got to go get the children because they've had a BBS all week and we've got to let them. <laughs> so let's stand. Thank you, Lisa. This is awesome. Um, you want to pray us out? All right, Katie, come on. Pray us out.
3: Lord, we just thank you, Father. Help us to know, Lord, what our place is and not make it feel like we have to push into it, God. We thank you, Father, that you give us the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father, that you give us knowledge and wisdom and discernment. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that you bless this church, God. Thank you for all the people, Lord. Thank you, God, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen amen.
2: Thank you all. God bless